This is exactly right. Scotty, guess what? What? I'm going back to Minneapolis, okay? You are? I'm sorry I'm not bringing you. I'm doing stand-up at Acme. Uh, December 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Come on out. That's a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at Acme. And it's a fantastic club, and it'll be really fun. And we'll do some stand-up, and we'll hang out. Oh, that's so fun. So go see Kurt at Acme in Minneapolis. December 1st through 3rd. Scotty, I got one for you. Good. I'm so ready. The time I accidentally took my neighbor's two-year-old boy on a holiday for a week without telling them. That feels like a crime. Um, (laughs) But prepare to have your ears and heart stolen on a wonderful episode of Bananas Podcast. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. I am Kurt Brownoller. I am Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis. Thank you for listening to the silliest little podcast there ever was. Kurt, can they find you on LinkedIn? Yep, you can find me on LinkedIn, <laughs> but on, under Berg Crownoller. <laughs> I I have a LinkedIn. I Do you? Check, I check it every three months. I talk about a social media experiment where I have somebody's like, you need a LinkedIn. And I said, okay. And then I signed up. And now I just randomly will post the Bananas Art by Travis Millard uh-huh. once a month. Um, just to keep yourself alive in the LinkedIn scene. I just need to know. I, I, th- I have thousands and thousands of LinkedIn contacts. I don't know any of them. So if you want to follow me on social media, find me on LinkedIn. That's L-A-N-D-E-S. <laughs> <laughs> Insane! Uh, what a what a website! What a website! I d- I've never understood it. I signed up for it I think once, and then I just got like five thousand emails. Exactly. Being like Bobby T wants to j- join your network on LinkedIn. I was like, I don't. This is I don't even have a resume up there. What's Bobby T doing? It's it feels like it's a website for all of those jobs that everybody gets right after college that nobody understands, like account services manager mm-hmm. yes. or and so that's just a way for all of them to say they have contacts and set uh, coffees. I guess I don't know. Set some coffees. Can you have a? I wonder if you can have like a virtual coffee on LinkedIn. Oh, that's a sad. That is a low point in one's <laughs> life. <laughs> that is the beginning of the end. During the pandemic, I used to play a uh, video poker, like like actual like Zoom, yeah. kind of like Zoom, but it would be like little video squares of my friends around yeah, that's the country. Fun. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, inside the program, you could you could gift each other uh, energy drinks. <laughs> Are you serious? And it would just be, it must be whoever, whatever weird Russian owns that program, it must be his, like, his energy drink that he owns. So you could, like, give him a bright energy drink or whatever the hell it was called. And it was the dumbest thing. And it would just appear on the table. And then it would just disappear after the length of time of drinking a energy drink. Oh, I see. I got you. 
I mean, yeah. you got me, but it, it it doesn't make any sense. You're sending at virtual energy <laughs> drinks to every guy at that table, no matter if they've been bluffing all <laughs> night. The, Pineapple yeah. mix, here it comes. There was a weird time where um, part of working for Red Bull was you had to find potential new accounts. So you would look in newspapers, you'd look online, you'd look anywhere to be like, where's some place where people need energy? And one day I was like, oh, there's a big uh, gamer video game convention in Queens, deep in Queens. I was like, go to my boss. I'm like, this is perfect. We'll go. We can like sample tons of Red Bull. And she just looks at me. She's like, no. And I'm like, why not? She's like, we've tried that in the past. They don't drink Red Bull. I'm like, they don't drink energy drinks? She goes, they drink balls. And I go, they drink balls? <laughs> and there is an balls. energy drink that comes in bottles, B-A-W-L-S. Yeah. And at that time, they it was the drink of choice for gamers. I don't know if it still is, but we would literally skip gaming events because they were already chugging balls. <laughs> it is so funny that, I mean, whoever created balls just... <laughs> I mean, they wanted the people who buy it to f to to be humiliated. They're just chugging bars the whole time. It's so hilarious. Do you remember Jolt? I remember Jolt was the big one when I was in like middle school. Me too. It'd be ride your bike to a yes. convenience store and drink a Jolt, and then there was rumor in every small town that some kid drank three and died. Yes, you would drink one Jolt, and then everyone would be like, "I'm feeling it, man. I'm crazy." <laughs> And then you would play video games, have one slice of pizza, and then ride your bike home. Yeah, it tastes. It was a cola. It tasted yeah. like a weird. It tastes like RC Cola, or one of those yeah. sort of other brands. And it, I don't remember being good. I remember it making your teeth feel a certain way. They would, yeah, had a, like a coating on your teeth. Yeah, yeah, like a dryness or a stickiness to your yeah. teeth that, you know, it's probably my God. the enamel being washed away. <laughs> That's probably yeah. what that feeling was. Um, yeah, baby. For everybody out there, I just want to say right now. Right yes. now, you can Current. go watch my new comedy special on Moment, all right? Yeah. You go to moment.co slash Kurt Brownholer, or you just go to my Instagram, you look it up, and you can go watch it right now. It's 10 bucks, guys. It's never going to be cheaper than it is right now. That's right. Crack open a sixer of cold balls and grab your kitten kin and gather around the laptop and watch <laughs> Curdy B's special, Perfectly Stupid, on Moment. And if you're listening to this way in the future, um, you just go find it. Just You can just go find it somewhere else. But uh, if you're listening to it right now, when it comes out, you've got two weeks to watch it on Moment. Treat yourself. Treat yourself, guys. It's a good special. I'm proud of it, and I want people to see it. I want to talk to you exactly right about something, and I want to talk to you about something, because I was looking up prices of billboards across the country, and oh, I yeah. found some places where along the highway it's 1500 bucks for yep. a billboard for a month. Yep. And I feel like we need to put a bananas Let's billboard somewhere in America that yes. is very unexpected, that yep. does have traffic, mm -hmm. you know, maybe Montana, maybe yep. Arkansas. Somewhere that people would not expect to be driving to work one day and look up and see some big bananas podcast billboard. Did I ever tell you? First off, yes. And right. secondly, I've done a lot of research on billboards because I had a lot of billboard ideas. I've yes, ever, you did. I've, I don't know if I've ever talked about my billboard ideas here on the podcast. No, we I, talked about the Kaskaskia one. Yes, but like, yeah. the, so one of the billboards, well, I had like, I had them mocked up and everything and I was sending them around to billboard companies trying to get, because I just couldn't afford it in LA and it's like three grand for a couple weeks. Mm. Um, 
One was uh, paperclip, animating paperclip, mm-hmm. just going, mm-hmm. hi, looks like you're trying to make a billboard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Great. So that's a great. That was fun. What was it? Clippy? Clippy. Or, yeah, I remember old yeah. Microsoft Word Clippy. We would have had to alter him enough to be like billboardy or whatever. Um, <laughs> and then another one was like, happy birthday, Brian. And then underneath it just said, accurate. Accurate over 300 times a day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There are a lot of Brian's out there. And then uh, something other was, oh, it was a letter. I think it was a letter mm-hmm. that said to, I don't know if it, I use the word Brian again, but it was like to Brian. And then in parentheses, not <laughs> regular Brian, giant Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the winner. That's the one you needed. <laughs> But, um, yeah, we should totally do that. I'd be super down with getting one, yeah. of, one of those. Bananimals in the U.S. of A. and Canada, if, you, if there's a very specific billboard just outside of your town that you look at all the time that, I don't know, is usually an Arby's or usually a local lawyer or something, let mm-hmm. us know. And maybe we can figure out how to put a Bananas podcast billboard or, up there just for the fun of it. Or a realtor. Oh, boy. We've been talking. Scotty and I were talking about this on text. Why are we seeing, why do we need the photograph of the realtor who's trying to sell you a property? No idea. What What is the appeal and who do these people think they are? This, I don't understand. Like, is it just like, but the person's like, oh, well, I'd love to go upstairs and check out the closet space, but I don't want some uggo standing down in the (laughs) kitchen, just standing there. Oh, wait, they're attractive? All right, I'll go look at this house. Like, it's so crazy. Yeah. Is it comforting? Is the idea like, I just want to make you comfortable. You see a smiling face. So when you're in a house with somebody who thinks it's normal to put a photo of themselves in the middle of a town, smiling, wearing business casual that's the craziest person to me i don't want to be alone with that person i want to be the person that's like "Ah, it's all about the house i just am here to make deals it's not about me realtors are like it's about me first and then your stupid little house second what if it what if the here's what i would want i would want a photo of the house they live in Yes. Like if they've got a really cool house. Yep. Great. And I'm like, yes, I want whoever owns that house to help me find a house that's that cool. Yeah, it's like when you go to a hair salon, like men, you know, if we go to a barbershop or a place that cuts men's hair, it's usually just some dude uh and you cut your hair sometimes you go to hair salons and i remember as a kid like i'd have to go with my parents or my sister or whatever to wherever they got their hair cut and i just was like does everybody that works in a hair salon in maryland have the worst hair <laughs> styling of all like are they so bored that they just try things on each other until they've just baked their hair into dust yeah i think so right if you're just like there it's like i can do this why not why wouldn't i just constantly do it yeah, I'm with it. But I'm also with that idea, it. I think you texted something about it, which was like, is the idea of having the photograph of the realtor like they're going to lure you into the house by being sexy and then yeah. be like, buy the house, like a switch, <laughs> a bait and switch. Like you're like, oh, I'm going to get some. And then you're like, I guess I'll buy this house instead. Yeah, it's weird because if you live in one area for long enough, you kind of like grow old with the (laughs) realtors that you see in the photos and you kind of get to know them in the weirdest, most distant way where you're like, ah, Eric's losing his hair. Or you're like, looks like Shirley's drinking again. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, surely. All right, here we go. This is uh, this this uh, episode. This episode. This headline was set in by Stephanie Borg. Thank you, Stephanie. She sends. Stephanie a lot. sends a lot she of does. good good stories, though. High good hit stories. rate. Stephaniza. This is in the the U.S. Sun, um, but it is as real as we can assume because <laughs> okay. It's, it is. It's it's based on a TikTok. This is one of it's those articles rag. that's just an article about a TikTok, okay, which great. is uh, strangely a lot of stories we get sent. An article about a TikTok. Here we yeah. go. Yes. It's at the headline is. It's, this is written by Gemma Carr. Gemma, thank you. You're the best in the biz. Best in the business. I took I took my neighbor's two year old boy on holiday for a week without telling his parents it was a bizarre accident. Here it is. I'm laughing. A babysitter has claimed she accidentally took her neighbor's two year old boy on holiday for a week without telling his parents. The mm-hmm. woman dubbed the bizarre incident the quote biggest mistake she's ever made in a clip shared <laughs> on TikTok. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Taking a taking a toddler on any vacation is the biggest mistake anyone's ever made. That's correct. But here it is. She described how, age 20, she mm-hmm. frequently babysat her next-door neighbor's toddler to, quote, help his mom out for sure. a few hours at a time. On one occasion, yeah. it says the mom. I'm going to stop saying the mom. The mom you can asked stop. her, quote, could you look after my son and would you mind having him overnight because I'm going away for the evening? The babysitter, who goes by the name Seen As You Asked on TikTok, said... Problem is, I said, I'm actually going away on holiday on Tuesday. She wanted Monday night, so Monday comes along and she drops off this sweet little boy. He's really lovely. He stayed overnight. Okay. Oh, and by the way, the part that's left out here is that the mom says, oh, well, then that's fine. She said, I'm actually going away on holiday on Tuesday. And the mom says, oh, that's fine. So on Monday. And why would you follow up with that response? Right. Why wouldn't you say, what's fine? That I'm going away and you're leaving a child at a house that's going to be empty tomorrow? Nope. So early Tuesday morning, we all packed up the car. I popped him in his car seat. We drove off to London. We live in Birmingham. Stayed Mm -hmm. in a hotel. I got the hotel to give us a little cot. He was so lovely. I got him food and bought extra nappies as she hadn't sent enough nappies for the week. And I just went through the week with this little lad. During the day, I took him to the zoo and walked around Hyde Park. We had a blast. He loved it. He slept really well, didn't cry at night, and everything was great. The babysitter yes. didn't have a phone at the time of the trip in oh, 1991. Oh, okay, of course got it. not. Yeah, this is 1991. This got explains it, yeah. so much. Uh, and she didn't know the neighbor's number because they only ever spoke face-to-face at each other's door. This is a a, a type of relationship that no longer exists. Correct. Um, quote, I don't have a phone with me and I don't have her number, so I bought mm-hmm. postcards and I wrote a postcard and posted it to her address Love that. just so she knew everything was okay and that the kid was fine. On returning home, the babysitter dropped off the boy with his baffled parents who took the saga well, she claims. The mom told the babysitter, so lovely of you, really wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> the most British response possible. Yes, of course, uh, a week, two weeks or a week? How <laughs> two weeks of uh, just losing their mind <laughs> that their two-year-old has been stolen, and now oh, so, uh, so lovely of you, really wonderful. Uh, that's the worst accent. Um, I liked it. She says, I do have to say something, though. When I said that's fine, I meant I'll come back Tuesday morning and get him. I didn't actually mean for you to take him on holiday the whole week. 
The baffled babysitter said, thank God I sent the postcards. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I took your kid. But the mom was pleased, the babysitter claims, and and replied, no, I had a great time. I had a lovely break for the week. Yes, that's the funniest part. Who was really on vacation? The real holiday was the mom and dad that were like, smell you later, kid. I know. It was probably it was probably panic for 24 hours until because mm-hmm. so the, in another article I read, she sent a postcard every single day. So like the day she got there, she sent a postcard. So probably the panic was like 24 hours oh my um, God. or it was the 90s, man. I agree. And like, that's what I'm going with. We're just used to just like, well, we haven't seen the kids in 16 hours and we don't worry at all. Yeah. I mean, totally. I remember riding my bike around town before cell phones existed or whatever. And your parents would like be home, you know, before dark or the streetlights came on or whatever. That was it. That was it. That was just gone. You were just gone. I would leave in eighth grade. So I was 13 or 14 years old. I would leave the house at like 8 a.m. and just leave on my bike, and I wouldn't come back until it was dark. And there was no – there was – like, what would you do? We rode around. Uh, That's it. Uh, Here's dinner. Yeah, as long as you weren't injured, it was like, hey, you're cool. Not anymore. We live in the the true crime era. Everybody knows everything, and everybody's connected, and everybody's got ring cameras. And, yeah, we are no longer in – it's cool. I know. It's. I go back and forth. I go back and forth with it. It's like – I I do want my kids to have a sense of independence and to feel that freedom yeah. that I felt. Yes, sure. Um, and I don't want them abducted. <laughs> Does so there's yeah. the balance. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you get for having adorable children. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I know. But I think the weirdest part about the Great Quar is I felt like a lot of people suddenly felt this need to escape and find wide open spaces again. Yeah. At least city folks. I was talking to somebody recently and we were like, that was two years ago or whatever. Yes. That wasn't even two full years ago. That's crazy. Yeah. They were like, what was it like for you? I was like, well, I'm an optimist and I'm very calm. So by April and May, people, besides the banana phone, I felt like I was just getting calls daily from people throughout my life. It was like an episode of This Is Your Life for four months where people would be like, hey, man, it's me from college. Remember, I was a DJ for a little while. Now I'm freaking out. And... And then I would always get down to like, yeah, I just feel like I need to go like into the woods or something. I just need like, I wish I had a beach house. And suddenly everybody felt like I want freedom. Mm -hmm. I want to be away from people. And it was very much what we're saying about our middle school and high school experience where it was like, you just got on your bike or you just got in your car or you just spent, you you went on Friday night and then you came home Sunday night. And between that time, your parents were like, well, I I hope Chris's parents feed them twice a day. Yeah. I uh, I keep going back and forth in my head about what it would have been like if I was just alone, do you know, during that time, as opposed to yeah. having a full family, um, which was had presented its own in- insanities of being trapped inside. But, but, but order, you had a structured day, right? You had responsibilities, right? I had responsibilities and structured day. Like, was was I losing my mind? Yes, I was, but it was because. There was nowhere to go and take the kids, and the kids were driving me crazy. And I just had fantasies of like, if it was I was alone, I'd just be camping this entire time. That's it. That's it right there. But it's the freedom we used to have, and now it just feels watched. Yeah. I I um I'm happy to take photos with the Ben Animals after every show, our Kansas City show and our Minneapolis show. Great successes. Mm-hmm. Um 
But then I also realized, like, thanks to smartphones and everything, I don't care if I ever have another photo of me taken ever again for the rest of my life. I don't care. Me personally, like, if somebody's like, get in the photo, it's Thanksgiving, I'll be like, absolutely, we're in a family. But me personally, I don't care if another photo of me is ever snapped until the day I die. I The thing I think about photos a lot is, um, like, I have all these digital photos that I took between whatever 1998 and 2012 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i have they're just gone i have no idea where they are they're on some drive that i think i probably lost at this point and it just breaks my heart it's like like so many and so i like and with my kids i don't want to lose because it's all just on this stupid phone you know and so it's like i've been trying to just make books as much as possible um like, That's cool, like photo albums? Yeah, like, you know, print, you can just print the books and then you the have best. them. And then the only thing really, that we're definitely going to be able to look at them at least, you know? Because like mm. in, in, in 20 years when I want to look at these, is a JPEG going to be something people even know what it is? Or are people just going to laugh at oh. me like, get your JPEGs out of here, old man. Yeah, it'll be we're like an eight track. <laughs> we're on doing wangs. It's when you can see all the photos you've ever taken instantaneously, and then you black out and get a bloody nose. Yeah, it's gonna be that. No, I I saw a short film once that was a guy's job was like families would give them hard drives and then he would put them into collages for them and then and he solved a crime or something. It was Ooh. at a film festival years ago. But oh. I do feel like that is a great business in the future to like you go here, here's all my hard drives, please put all my photos in uh, chronological order and print them out into hard copies. Because yeah. back in the day when people would go, if there was a house fire, what would you grab? People would say photo albums. That was yes. like something people yeah. would say. Also, because TVs back then <laughs> weighed 2,000 pounds. You can't pounds. grab them. Also, when you they can't just... grab, you can't grab a TV now because they're all bolted to the fucking wall. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. But now I will grab my laptop and my passport yeah. and be like, I'll figure the rest out. But yeah. it used to be like, well, I'd grab the photo albums. I don't even know if I could quickly grab my passport. I don't think I have uh, knowledge of, I would have to think about it for a while. It's not like something like, there's a fire. My passport is definitely right here. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, who was it here last? Where was it that I died in the fire? <laughs> yeah, he wasn't going anywhere. Okay, I got one for us. All right, great. Aaron Rabby or Aaron Raby sent it in. Sorry, I think it's a. I think Aaron is a photographer, but Aaron, I'm sorry if I'm saying your name wrong. I'm gonna Hello? go with. I'm gonna go with Rabby. This was in People magazine, written by, and she is good, Abigail Adams. I love. I never really thought about the generality of the title of People magazine. <laughs> it definitely is like having a magazine called Things. <laughs> it's really, it's a very general term. <laughs> Honestly, Things would be more interesting. Pregnant firefighter goes into labor after car crash, helps another victim before giving birth. Oh, I had chosen this one for today as well. I'm so happy you did this one. This is a great, great buddy. One. Yeah, well, you know, women can do it all. A pregnant Maryland firefighter did not let labor stop her from helping a person trapped in a car after they were both involved in a serious car crash earlier this month. Less than 24 hours later, she gave birth to her third child, Megan Warfield had just finished hosting a memorial golf tournament honoring her late father in October when she was involved in a significant car crash. According to Facebook, 
people are still using it, including, <laughs> uh, according to a Facebook post from the Bowley's Quarter Volunteer Fire Rescue and Marine. That is a mouthful. It is. They couldn't just hope, shorten that at any point. I hope when they answer the 911 call, they do not have to say Bally's Quarters Volunteer Fire and Rescue and Marine. He's already dead. Uh, the firefighter, <laughs> <laughs> a volunteer, was just a week or so shy of her due date at the time. After the collision, Warfield immediately exited her damaged vehicle and rushed to the aid of the person trapped inside the other vehicle, which had overturned. The crash caused the 30-year-old mom to begin her labor, but wow. she ignored the pain to take care of the victim. Wow. I mean, give me a break. It's amazing. Incredible. I don't know, uh, quote, I don't know how I did what I did because the cramping was so bad, Warfield said, uh, on an October 13th appearance on NBC Morning Show. I've just been running, I must have just been running on adrenaline. Warfield, who also works at the Baltimore County Fire Department, my home county. Yeah, uh, easy to did say. Baltimore County Fire Department, BCFD. Yeah. Ring, ring, BCFD. He's alive. See, it's so much better. <laughs> She did her best to help keep the female victim calm until more help arrived. I started to climb in there with her, but then I was like, what are you doing? You're nine months pregnant, she explained. <laughs> she very calm, very with it. Yeah. I ended up holding on to her to keep her in place because I wasn't sure of her injuries at the time. After emergency responders arrived at the scene, Warfield checked herself into Johns Hopkins Hospital in oh. Baltimore, Maryland, oh. uh, according to ABC affiliate WMAR-TV. Um, less than a day later, the firefighter and her boyfriend, Joshua Doggerty, a Doggerty, welcomed a healthy baby girl named Charlotte. Pretty name. Sweet. That's a pretty name. Abigail, mom name, Charlotte, kid. Oh, no, Abigail was the writer. Sorry about that. Um, Charlotte into the world. She's Warfield's third child. Bowley's Quarters Volunteer Fire Rescue and Marine called Warfield a true public servant. Come on, guys. You can call her a little bit more than a true public servant. <laughs> it's almost an insult. <laughs> uh, since no good deed should go unrecognized, we wanted to highlight Megan's heroic and selfless actions. Um, congratulations, Mama Megan. Job well done, the department concluded. I mean, banana of the week, for sure. Banana Easily. of the week. Easily. But calling her, like, what was it? A, a, a good public servant? A true public a servant. A true public servant is literally like being like, someone does something amazing, you're like, they are a good job person. They did a good job. Per they're they're excellent at fulfilling the task of their job. That's right. You completed your task. Here is your food pellet. <laughs> it's not uncommon to see our volunteers on the scene, but it is uh, to see one that's been on administrative duties and laying. Um, oh, she's been laying in grass and oil trying to take care of somebody just weeks before her due date. It blew my mind. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Megan Warfield had been on desk duty in the weeks leading up to the crash uh, and giving birth. I mean, what a week. What a 24 hours. Yeah. And now she's already looking forward to returning to the field. Quote, I've been itching to get back. Out, she told today it's what I'm meant to do. Yeah, Megan Warfield and little Charlotte Bananas of the Week. Yay, congratulations! I love that she's itching to get back out there because the first couple months after giving birth is a dark, dark time. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody talks about how dark that time is, filled with stress and not sleeping. You wanna do, 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 doesn't feel good at Kid all. number three, too. And then Kid you feel three. bad for not being real happy because you just had a baby. <laughs> 
Uh, that vasectomy couldn't come quick enough for you, Curdy B. <laughs> oh, um, man, it's such a stressful time. When I was an RA in college my sophomore year, you had to go about, I guess it was probably a week early and do training. Like, you can't just be responsible for a floor full of people. So I was at UMass at Southwest, which is kind of the most party-friendly, wild area. A lot of freshmen. I had an all-freshman dorm, I think, of 29 boys. It was either 26 or 29 boys. Mm -hmm. And so the week leading up to it, you meet the other RAs that are going to be in your building. You, so do you, you do, so you had a whole the building was all boys or was it go floor by floor for you? It was floor by floor okay. in Patterson. I was in the Pat Mac cluster, Patterson McKimmy. Pat uh, but my freshman year was door to door. So next door to me were, it was Colleen who spent oh. the night and told me her and wet the bed and told me her boyfriend Johnny Knuckles was a gangster. So <laughs> she lived next door. But in Pat Mac it was floor to floor, and <clears throat> I was the first floor RA. All boys. And so in that, that week, every dorm has like 10 or 12 RAs in training, and then it's completely empty besides that. So the idea is you're supposed to bond, but you also have to make billboards for your floor. You mm -hmm. have to hang fire safety stuff. You have to, uh, like, you learn basic mental health counseling, when to call the police, when somebody's suicidal, all that really good training. And I actually think it was like incredibly well organized and done. So the last day of it, Friday, was fire safety training. And what they did was they took all the RAs in either the building or the cluster, mine was two buildings, to the center of campus right near the student union where they had the most fired up fireman I've ever seen. <laughs> like an SNL sketch, like a Mad TV character. The guy was like, welcome, we're going to teach you how to put out fires. And like just going so intense and like kind of couldn't stand still. And they had a mock um, half dorm room like a fake dorm room. And then he would walk you through, hey, here's some things to watch out, your RAs, incense. Incense can you know, can catch a sheet on fire. Our kids, a lot of college kids smoke out the windows. A lot of kids, college kids put candles in liquor bottles. Mm -hmm. All that crap. And then the final stop on this, like, I don't know, 45-minute training session outside was how to use a fire extinguisher, which, if you've never done it, it is so fun. It is so fun. But I had never done it. So like a lot of people. So there were those big silver ones with the little black rubber tube with mm -hmm. the little nozzle on the front. You know, it's a chemical powder thing. So there was this dude, <laughs> this other RA that was in my building, barely spoke the entire time. Like very pale to the point where you wonder if he'd ever been outside, wore all black clothing all the time, um, was probably 19 or 20, but looked about 45. His name was Soren. Mm -hmm. um, he, he was very odd. He was a very odd man, and he was going to be responsible for a floor of freshman boys. Already a great combination. So this pe this peppy fireman just <laughs> plucks him out. There's 25 of us standing there, and he goes, what about you? Can you help me out? I need a volunteer. And Soren's like, me? And he's like, yeah, come on up. What's your name? He's like, Soren. And we're all like, this is the third time we've heard this guy talk. So let's see what this guy's all about. <laughs> so he goes, Soren, here's how you use it. I'm going to light this display on fire, and I'm going to need you to pull it out, You know, pull the pin, point, blah, 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 spray. So Soren, so he like lights the desk on fire, which he'd probably done 30 times yeah. that day with like a little bit of alcohol or whatever he was using. And he's like, go ahead, Soren, blast away or whatever. <laughs> this kid, 
Uh, he sprays the fire out instantly and then just pivots 20 degrees and, turn, and starts spraying the fireman with this, with this extinguisher really? For, for, really? Like, for like 10 seconds. <laughs> the, I'm crying. The fireman is like running in circles. <laughs> We're all we had no I got we didn't know this guy was alive. It was like having a vampire standing with you for t- a week. And this guy just thought it was gonna be the funniest thing in the world to spray the fireman with the fire extinguisher. The RD was this really nice woman named Amy, and Amy goes like Soren, cut it out, stop. Everybody's like, whoa, 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 pal. And he just <laughs> turns it off and puts it down and just walks right back in. But oh. the best part is they let him be an RA after that. They He had already gone through a week of training, but after a good 10 seconds of spraying a fire instructor, was I don't know what chemicals are in that thing. Maybe they're dangerous to spray. I'm sure you're not supposed to breathe that shit Definitely in. Definitely not supposed to breathe. I have, bre- I have unfortunately, oh. breathed it in too many times. I um, am crying. He that just, was so funny. Dude, he just turned the smallest turn and just hosed this guy down. I guess he didn't like his energy level. Or <laughs> I love it. So funny. And it was the one, was it the one where it was just like, a, it was almost like a powder that shoots out and it's kind of yellowish? Full powder. Mm-hmm. It looked like a snowstorm. This guy got yeah. antiqued in a way. I mean, it, it was like, we are done for the day. I thought they were going to send Soren's ass home. I was like, he's fired. And then, you know, <laughs> next week, all the freshmen come and there's Soren explaining to people how not to use take women to the bathroom or did men anybody, into did anybody laugh oh i was crying laughing <laughs> i it was to this day it was you know you want to have full experiences when you go to college when you go to a major university you want to have every experience and oh my god he caught me nobody saw it coming that the genius was <laughs> Like, we would bring it up, or like, unless Soren has something to say, and you just give a little smirk for the rest of the semester. And wow. we just were like, this guy's the funniest guy ever. Soren, I, I know there's a 0% chance you listen to this podcast, but if you do, email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail. Ah, it was the best. Oh it was the best. God, I, I laughed so hard. I love that so much. Uh, all right, you ready? Here it is. I'm very ready. Tease us in. We got, when we come back, folks. Mm-hmm. We got double updates. Do Ooh. we have a scandal from Fat Bear Week? Yes, we Uh-oh. have a scandal from Fat Bear Week. And oh, was a fat parrot not eligible for Bird of the Year because it keeps winning? Yes. So we got two competitions, Bird of the Year and Fat double Bear down. Week, uh, right when we come back. Folks, we are back. Scotty, what do we got? Well, first of all, Bananas, Curdy B always says this, but if you could go to Apple and rate and review Bananas Podcast, give us five stars. Tell us you love us. Lisa Maggot, our full human intern, she's going to read your reviews 
not all of them, but some of them. And it really means so much. It's crazy. And yeah. we're constantly told, so please leave us reviews if you can. Um, send us your banana stories on the bananas podcast at gmail.com or directly to our Instagram. And remember, uh, bananas we, podcast. we have set up an easy way to rate and review. Just go to ratebananas.com and it takes you right to the form for you to uh, rate and review. We would just love it. It's a free podcast, and we really appreciate it. Okay, quick shout-outs for you. Chicago, Curdy B. If Mm -hmm. this comes out in time, which I'm not sure it will, Carly Olson, our beloved friend and Bananimal, Carly Olson, has a fundraiser for Keep Our Clinics, where all proceeds are going to it. Um, It's October 30th at 7 p.m. in Chicago at the Red Orchid Theater. It's called Laughing at Scary Things. It's a spooky comedy show. Um, October 30th, 7 p.m., Go support a great cause, Ooh, Carly. I, think this I will come out. I think this will come out a day after. Well, Carly, we still love you. We just, we we're, we'll, we're sending you money. We're gonna send you money. Yeah. Um, this is a shout out to all bananas from one of our listeners, Shannon. She's following her dream of becoming a sex educator, therapist, Kurt, nice. and she has a new TikTok because where she's trying to build a community to talk more about sex education, answer questions honestly, and talk about reproductive rights. Woo-hoo. You can, if you have TikTok, it's come as you are. I'm gonna spell it for you: C U M A S underscore. Y-O-U-A-R-E. Come as you are. Go follow Shannon. She seems great. Thank you, Shannon. I mean, we need sex education more than ever right now. I know. Um, Emily H., this was a long time coming. It took me a minute to figure this one out. Midwest Emily adopted a pygmy hippopotamus at the Brookfield Zoo in the Bananas Podcast Honor. That that hippo's name was Banana the Hippo. Yep. Emily, you went out. You, that's awesome. What you did was totally unprompted and wonderful, and we love adopting animals. So thank you to the Brookfield Zoo and Midwest Emily. And go take a picture with Pygmy Hippo Banana and send it to us, and we'll post it in our stories. Hell yeah. Our little chonky wet daughter, Banana the Hippo. We love her. <laughs> and finally, merch is coming. At some point, we're going to have our Bananas Black Metal shirts out. They were designed by Taylor Mayer, who is a kick-ass artist and tattoo artist in Texas. You might have seen it in our stories, but we're going to have killer metal shirts that say Bananas Podcast on it. It's a Grim Reaper coming out with a sickle and a bunch of skeletons out of a banana peel. It's astonishing. So keep your eyes peeled on our Instagram. And that's all I got. Thanks, everybody. Send your shout-outs. No birthdays, no anniversaries. Everything else is beautiful. Yeah. And uh, let's get right back into the action yes, here. Sir. So I got two two different articles um, because these are things we've covered in the past, Fat Bear mm, Week and then Bird of the Year. Um, <laughs> and both have some scandals, okay? So okay. first up, a lot of people sent this in, but I want to uh, shout out Krista Findlay Egerton. That's who I first saw it. This was on Thank the you, Krista. BBC. Uh, so you guys have maybe heard of this before. This is not credited to any specific writer. That means the writer did not want to be associated with this. <laughs> We've learned. Uh, so Fat Bear Week winner crowned after cheating scandal. So after a six-day battle and vast amounts of salmon, Fat Bear Week, Fat, Fat Bear Week has a winner. Brown mm-hmm. Bear 747 tipping the scales at an estimated 1,400 pounds, won 68,105 votes, beating Bear 901, 
with 56,876 votes. I get not wanting to anthropomorphize bears with a name, but it seems rude. They're called I agree. fat bears, and then they're just being like number 747 of the fat bears. You know, it's like, yeah. come on. That could be Brian. This could be Tim. We could have fun with it. But yeah. no. Go Tim. The results mark an end of Fat Bear Week 2022, which saw people from around the world vote for Fattest Bruin at Alaska's Katmai National Park. Um, yes. Blah, 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 blah. We all know what Fat Bear Week is. If you don't, it's really fun. You vote on a fat bear. Um, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is what it is. <laughs> There's not much more to it. But here is the it quote. This was an Instagram post that they posted. It appears someone has decided to spam the Fat Bear Week poll. But Fine. fortunately, it is easy for us to tell which votes are fraudulent. Tweeted Katmai National Park on Sunday. Oh, good. Since that minor hiccup, it's been smooth sailing for the 8th Annual Fat Bear Week, an extravaganza that celebrates the fearsome creatures as they prowl Katmai National Park's 8 million acre reserve. Wow. wow. Um, wow. And then, yeah, so someone is trying to cheat. Is there nothing sacred? world fat bear Great week question. isn't even uh free from scandal free from trying to uh influence who wins and i wonder who it was for that's what they don't say i would love to yeah. know which bear had and a why? hacker and why and why it's that bear is what it is yeah but that bear maybe that bears the secret to unlocking a much bigger conspiracy that goes all the way to the top Exit. Or all the way to the bottom. <laughs> wow. Um, maybe he has access to a laptop. He's convinced. And then on the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> uh, this was an article sent in by Ryan Nicole. Thank you, Ryan. This was in the Washington Post, written by Maria Luisa Powell. Oh, she's uh, good. She's very good. Uh, Best in the biz. And this is Fat Parrot ineligible for Bird of the Year. Come on. It keeps winning. Uh, the cockapoo has been eliminated from the competition. Here are some other birds that could clinch the win this year. Ooh, so good. Th- the, the, we first covered this, I think, in 2020 when we first started. Yeah, 2020, yeah. Yeah, and the cockapoo, cockapoo, cockapoo won, and it is adorable. And it yeah, it's also, a great-looking bird. It's a, it's a fat bird. Can't fly. It also tends to eat berries that have rotted and get drunk. So I believe that the headline for us was fat drunk bear, fat drunk bird wins (laughs) best bird of the year again. Yeah. It's our show's mascot, honestly. (laughs) Honestly, I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah. Um, Okay, yeah, so the uh, so there's bad news for those hoping to crown yet again the cockapoo as New, Eng- New Zealand's bird of the year. Flightless bird, also known as the world's fattest parrot, isn't in the <laughs> running this year. The oh, reason bro. came down to its overshadowing cuteness, said Ellen Rikers, a spokesperson for Forest and Bird, which organizes the annual competition. Hey, you know what? Anybody can have a competition. Do I you- agree. It-, it doesn't matter. You just put a website up. You got a competition. People can write stories about you. If you want, if you've got an idea and you live in a small town, go to Squarespace, make yourself a website, and have a competition. Because yeah, people this, enter. Yeah, this is just made up. This, this is completely made up. It's the best bird of the year, and just somebody names Forest and Bird does it. Here it goes. The cockapoo has already won Forest twice. Forest and Bird. 
<laughs> Rikers told the Washington Post. And while he's definitely a fan favorite, we want to make sure that we're able to give attention to other birds that tend to get overlooked. So no. we're, we're going to get all these worst birds of the year. And yeah, them what the are we credit. doing? Let's keep the standards high. People are voting for this fat, drunk bird. I can't believe they're disbarring this fat, drunk bird. It will be a brief hiatus, though, not a complete barring. Okay, brief hiatus. In other and words, we're back. Think of it as a term <laughs> limit of sorts. Forest and Bird, a New Zealand-based conservation organization, has been running Bird of the Year competitions since 2005 to raise awareness for native New Zealand bird species that may be threatened with extinction. All right, so I'm back on lichen, forest, and bird. Uh, Anyone around the world is able to participate by casting online votes for their top five birds. Okay. In the past 17 years, though, it's turned into a full-blown electoral race with people signing up as campaign managers for each bird and masterminding creative ways to get votes. In recent years, for example, campaign managers have strutted down the streets in penguin costumes or urged their Tinder matches to vote for their favorite bird. I love this. Yeah, me too. This This is is, great. This is a fandom I could easily get behind. Absolutely. As we know, I want to rename bananas birds, butthole, (laughs) birds, bees, and buttholes. Is that it? (laughs) Is it birds, bees, and buttholes? No. It It was another B. Birds. Bananas, birds, and buttholes, maybe? No. Sounds good to me. Birds, buttholes, bananas? I don't know. I can't remember. Now I can't remember the shirt. Birds, buttholes, bananas is good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, three great tastes that go great together. <laughs> but so this is what's so good. The internet yeah. can be such a dismal, horrible, doom-inducing place. But this kind of thing, when people rally behind dumb ideas and take it to the furthest extreme, is the best. This is, is people getting excited about something that is not exciting. Mm-hmm. This is uh, this is wonderful. We support these people all the way. And I want to propose to Forrest and Bird that here's that it's easy. Going in the future, you can yeah. win. It, whoever won last year can't win the next year, but then they're eligible. One year to win off the year. You just have to take one year off. That's, That's all. so easy. That's so easy. Then we get a yeah. little bit of action for the penguins or whoever is the second coolest Absolutely. bird, because <laughs> we know what's the coolest bird. But also, it's nice to know. It isn't it nice to to definitively know. Mm-hmm. After seventeen years, there's one bird that is definitely the best bird in New Zealand. Yeah. That's correct. There and and that's good. It's yeah. it's the Heinz ketchup of birds. It, it is unbeatable. <laughs> Always you delivers. Can shove hunts up your butt. If a restaurant makes ketchup, I will pass. Give me the Heinz, baby. Hundred percent. Look, restaurants. You. What you, are you doing? You, you put out a homemade ketchup like that's something anybody asked you for. Never, never once. There's there's a there's a reason. There's a reason that everybody has Heinz. They, they nailed it. It's done. Shut it down. I don't want your squishy, disgusting homemade tomato sauce. Oh, it's smoky. Ugh. Guess what? It's gross. It's I want Heinz gross. 57 ketchup. I'll tap it on the little 57. Yep. I'll bring up that Doesn't 57. Work. was for 57 varieties of pickles. <laughs> it's. I'll play spin the bottle with some of my adult friends later. <laughs> If uh, the thing is, is if you don't have a bottle of Heinz Fifty Seven on your table, I don't got nothing to talk about at the table. I'll just stare <laughs> at the floor. All right. Mm, Look at I'll have dumb. my car. <laughs> I'll have my meal in the car. <laughs> I uh, also just the last thing on the birds is that in addition to being fat, in addition to getting drunk, 
it will get so drunk that it will fall out of trees often. Perfect. And people Perfect find bird. them on the ground. Yeah. Perfect bird. What better animal? Who They figured it out. The rest of us are looking for happiness. We're asking people. We're hiring life coaches. This bird, these birds, <laughs> just eat the wrong thing to the point of fully being drunk, fall out of a tree, and then get voted number one. <laughs> Then a different species recognizes how great they are and goes, number one, something it will never understand. Oh, for years, the cockapoo was blaming itself, thinking, why can't I get my life together? And then realize it's been doing it right the whole time. Mm, It's beautiful. Those are good updates. Those are fun things. Send us home with one, Scotty. Okie dokie. This was sent in by sent in by Bananimal Stephen Butt. That is B-U-T-T, so I think it is Stephen Butt. Uh, MyLondon.news, which sounds like a website I made up when a gun was pointed at me and I had to <laughs> say what newspaper I read My London when I'm news. in England. MyLondon.news. Um, this was written by Nicole Cara Georgie. A lot of names in that name. Nicole Cara Georgie. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole Kara Georgie. Georgie is a great last name. It's it's Nicole, and then the full last name, no hyphen, is K A R A G E O R G I. Kara Georgie. Kara Georgie. Three names. She's the best in the business for a reason, folks. Londoners are completely baffled as cans of urine are being sold for five hundred pounds outside the Tate Modern Art Museum. Oh boy! Oh boy! And they are. And there's photos and stuff. Londoners have... This isn't like just um, a, a, a person peeing in cans and selling them. This is an artist installation. Londoners have been left completely baffled as cans of urine are being sold for 500 pounds outside Tate Modern. British artist Gavin Turk is behind the canned urine. He began selling aluminum cans or aluminum, as they say over there, of his own urine or as they say over there. No idea. Uh, in 2021, for 330 pounds, the cost uh, equivalent of the weight of silver. Okay, oh so that's something. Right. A picture. So a picture of a fridge, which is on this website, of canned urine was posted on Reddit with the caption, you can now buy a can of urine for 500 pounds next to Tate Modern. Londoners found the sale both hilarious and confusing. One wrote, it's all fun and games until a confused tourist buy one, buys one and starts drinking it. <laughs> Another said, that just about sums up modern art. Well, one asked, do you think, uh, do you drink it? What's up with this? What do other people do? And many people just thought it was a joke. 500 pounds, that's really taking the piss. Oh, boy. There it is. Here's my question. That, are we talking yeah. like a Pepsi can or are we talking like yes. a, a can that you need a can opener on? It looks like a Fresca and it's in a like a four or five tiered freezer, refrigerator, like you would see... A kind of a narrow one that you might see in a convenience store and they're packed in there like they've been stocked by a stock boy um one reddit user uh suggested that the cans of urine might be a worthwhile investment they said i know it seems like nonsense and it is but if you go and buy a can you will almost definitely make money on this if you auction it in a year or two you know what maybe yeah maybe that's true yeah the artist uh reportedly spent two years collecting his urine uh, and uh, and 
and designed the aluminium can that reads artist piss in 31 different <laughs> in 31 different languages. It's sealed with a foil cover and has the artist handwritten signature at the top according to artdaily.com. The cans are a limited edition with only 1330 milliliter cans available to buy. Interesting, huh? So Gavin the artist said I was provoked to do it now as it's um 60 years since Manzoni canned his own shit. Speaking of the Italian artist Piero Manzoni, who canned his own feces in 1961 and sold it for the price equivalent of its weight in gold. So what we're saying is Gavin is paying homage, but also a copycat. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But I think, you know, it's modern. He's making a bigger point. So I guess Londoners, if you have the time and you have whatever, I think the dollar's beating the pound right now. If you have 500 bucks... Go buy yourself a can of artist urine and put it on the mantle. It's something yeah. for the kids to talk about. I uh, I remember I did a first pilot I ever wrote was a kids prank mm-hmm. show okay. that I made for Noggin. And I pitched oh boy. and sold and I was like, we're making a kids TV show. Holy cow. And I was maybe 23, 24 or something like that. Wow, man. That's and, cool. Um, and the whole show was about peer pressure and like clicks and stuff like that and fitting in. And it was for like tweens. And one of the things we did was we had um, uh, like drinks. There weren't cans. There were actually bottles. And they were like sealed and everything. But we just put like, you know, it was like this yellowish liquid inside. And mm-hmm. the label said, you're in like Y-O-U apostrophe R-E in uh-huh. like be part of you're the in yeah yeah, yeah yeah so like so then we had like these like kid actors who were like 14 15 16 like in washington square park just trying to be like hey guys you want to come you want to be part of the crew like here here's free sample and then like yeah. they would show it to them what it was called and like you know that was the whole like bit of like kids trying to get people to drink urine the um, lesson is you start everybody starts comedy at the same level and then you get better <laughs> and then you get better but at the time, that was very subversive and funny. I think anyway, that's funny. Uh, I did what I'm saying is I did what this artist did, and I did not get $500 a bottle for it. Noggin. Good old noggin. noggin I don't know baby. if noggin's still around. But did you see Magnolia Network is now on HBO Max? Uh, oh, I did not. I love Magnolia Network. Baby. I know you do, and now you can go on HBO Max and check out all your favorite Magnolia shows. See, the thing is about Magnolia and about HGTV is it's never something I would go and be like, I'm going to watch this show specifically. Of course not. It has to be that you're trapped, and it's your best option. And then yeah. you're like into it because it's like it's being forced on you. This is the only thing to watch on like a plane and then I really enjoy it, but I don't know if I would go and watch it. But man, well, people leave it on all day, right? It's I'm sure yeah. they have a word for it in the reality, non-scripted TV world. But it is like wallpaper where you, you put it on, mm-hmm. and then that's why the hosts kind of cross over show to show and cooking shows and all yeah. those things. Because then you're like, which one is this? And you're like, this is the one where they rip down wallpaper, and you're like, I love this one. <laughs> I hate wallpaper. <laughs> I hate wallpaper. We should just go pitch it to Magnolia. Be like, it's a show where we just say we hate wallpaper, we rip it down, and we paint the walls. And I'm like, okay, can one of you grow a thick beard? Uh, Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Bananas. Thank you, Scotty. 
Thank you, Curdy B. It's always so, 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 so fun. And welcome to all our new bananas. If this was your first episode, go back, take a look. We've had great guests. We do a lot of solo epis. We have a nice time. You know what? Uh, Rob was asking me why we call these solo episodes. And he's like, they're not solo episodes, buddy. They're duets. <laughs> so we should start calling well, You want to call them duets, duets now? <laughs> I'll do a duet. I would love that. Yeah. Let's duet. Yeah, I'm in. Duets. Right. Duets. Thank you, guys. Bananas. Bananas. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. Bananas. Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.